All right, welcome to another episode of the Kingdom Project. I am your host, Marcus Hall, and this is a uh, a different type of episode today. Little bonus, if you will. Got some feel good tunes playing here by the Jingle Punks. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook, like us, and subscribe, and leave us a review. All right. This is, I thought, since I've shared a couple of sermons for episodes, that I would do some sort of extra or something like that. I don't know. I feel like I'm slacking when I do that. So we're going to do a question and response because I have had a couple of questions. And even though they just they came from friends, um, they're still questions. Right. So um, one of those questions was uh, how how to defend scripturally manifestations of the spirit, but not not your normal ones, <laughs> so to speak. Maybe they're normal. I don't know. But not stuff like um, the presence uh, of the Lord um, coming up. On, upon us or from us and prayer or the you know the with the air quotes slain in the spirit um which people you know they're i just don't like that phrase it happens people get laid out you know under the presence and the, the weight people will, will go to that the the greek word uh for the weight the heaviness of the lord but this question was more like do an episode on um those manifestations like the glory clouds and feathers, angel feathers, gold dust, pixie dust, I'm joking, uh, gold dust, uh, the oil. Um, I've seen some videos on YouTube of the oil, the uh, the holy holy oil, like just, dri- you know, the Bible's like dripping with oil. People have oil coming out of their hands stuff like that my my response to the question was um i'm probably not the person to do a podcast on that uh, <laughs> but here's the thing i just i thought about it for a while and i said you know um maybe i will just respond and like i said it's a response not an answer but to um to have a scripturally defense uh, or apologetic or a defense for those type of things. Um, Some may think that you could be hard pressed. Um, Some would even say you're hard pressed to find like the, the weight of the Lord or that presence overcoming somebody or overwhelming them in such a way that they would um, fall, you know, fall to their knees or just fall um, completely backwards. (laughs) Uh, you know, and have to have a catcher, and you know, you you don't have to have a catcher actually, because people never feel hitting the floor. Um, so, but my response, like I said, I'm repeating myself, but would be I don't have a position to defend or debunk or even uh, yeah, to come try to even come against most of that stuff for for the main reason is that I've not experienced it. I've not been around so-called glory clouds or gold dust. 
nor have I seen anybody receive a gold tooth. Um, I've not seen oil come in off of Bibles. I've not seen angel, <laughs> supposed, supposed angel feathers floating around. And so if I've not experienced it, I've not been able to test the spirits or know what's going on. Yes, I've seen videos. And if you're listening to at, at this point and you have no idea <laughs> What you're like? What? Um, these are things that um, are have claimed to to happen. So um, in various places, um, in various parts of the world, if you've watched the Darren Wilson movies like Finger of God, Father of Lights, and Holy Ghost, I think the very first one I believe is Finger of God um, has that stuff in that movie and the gold teeth and the gold dust and uh, stuff like that and youtube has uh, glory clouds um, on there and of course there's um, all sorts of um, you know negative comments and positive comments on those things so if somebody i don't know how um, i don't know in the context that the conversation is going for somebody to bring that up and, and ask about it to have to have a, a scripturally um, or a scripturally sound um, proof or uh, defense or apologetic for it um, unless they're just completely wanting to to argue some of the um, the more um, out there type of stuff or whatever or maybe it's um, somebody that's highly uh, like I always say, hard, hard-lined, hard-edged, conservative, um, as far as the Bible and experience in relationship goes. I don't know. I don't know what the context was. What I will say is that since I've not experienced those things, I neither deny it or um, talk against it because I don't know, but I do do question it and I don't think there's a problem with being a skeptic or doubting or questioning those things and and here's why I'll, I'll tell you um, diamonds and jewels are supposedly manifest and appear too and I've I know three I think I know at least three people who have have uh, these diamonds have a little little bitty little diamond that um, appeared in a prayer meeting or during a, a service, or I think once it was just laying in his, his Bible in a study. I've seen two of them. I've touched them. I've looked at them. I've held them. Of course, I'm not a diamond expert. Um, I don't know. When asked to, um, to get it inspected or examined or that they should, the response has always been, why would I do that? I'm just letting man's disbelief um, try to to come up against what God has done. Now I disagree with that because uh, Thomas <laughs> doubted, and Jesus said, "Hey, come over here, stick your fingers in my hands and in my side." Um, he let him examine and inspect him and see that it was the real deal. Um, my other other thing is my mind works logically. All right, if a diamond. Um, had appeared um maybe that if it is real and if you can get it verified that it is real um 
then maybe the Lord was wanting to bless you with money to get you out of debt or to help you or to give to a ministry or to start a ministry or something. You know, I don't know, whatever, just play, fill in the blank. Um, so like I said, I don't think there's anything wrong with the questioning because you have that in the Bible, uh, with Thomas and Jesus and Jesus is like, here, check me out. So, um, I think that's okay. And I think, and I think it's healthy. Um, especially when we live in this, um, this, um, uh, highly, this, uh, the, the pop Christianity thing, you know, which it's not all bad. You know, when I talk, you know, I, I've said this before, I dramatize things. So, um, it, it's not all bad, but the, you know, the, the mainstream evangelical, which is, has, um, the, the charismatic seeping into it, um, because they're just non-denominational churches and whatnot they're going or or like you can't question it's just like no don't question because if you question or if you're a doubter if you're a skeptic you've either put god in a box and you've not allowed him out so that's your problem or you'll be labeled with um a religious spirit and that's the way that works i mean not everybody is like that but let's face it um how many times if you're from that camp are people pointing people out that have questions or that maybe they're doubting or whatever, just fill in the blank. Then they have a religious spirit. There's too much tradition. They lean too much on their theology and all that, you know, opposed to experience. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and, um, but people think there is, but at the same time, you can get too far with your experience too, when you're just experience based and you hold experience over the word of God. So for me, I put experience under the Bible that way I can, um, you know, validate it with the word of God. Right. So I have seen on the internet that people say, these things have been validated like the, the diamonds and, Oh, well it was so, it was so perfect and everything. It was priceless and they couldn't even give us a price on it, but I didn't see the valid, the validation. They didn't, they don't have documentation. That's why I do uh, have great respect for um, people, whether they're, they have their own ministry or whatever, that when healings do take place, that they have medical verification and documentation to go with it. Not because I think it's necessary for a lot of believers, but there are some believers who who do demand that type of uh, documentation. And then there's unbelievers too. So I think it just helps to say, yeah, this person totally had like stage four cancer and now it's completely gone and there's no reason for it. The doctors can't explain it. And here's, here's all the medical records or they had a metal plate or a, a, a rod in their leg and now it's gone, you know, because we prayed and it, got healed and there's proof to go along with it. So, you know, if you want to say that people who demand that type of proof are, you know, they're skeptics or they're religious or whatever, you know, I think you could do that, you know, but I don't think you should because, you know, we all have our faults and I, I have mine and I'm always up in arms <laughs> about stuff. And you guys hear that on not maybe not up in arms, but you know, I have, I have my things that I, I deal with and I, I speak about that on, on the show. So, um, 
I can't defend um, or, uh, you know, really give answers for those type of things. What I will say is what I know is that when um, I think glory cloud is not the proper probably term to show or to, to use for such a thing simply because most of the time a cloud in the Bible um, and the glory is so powerful that <laughs> even God himself puts Moses in the cleft of a rock and shields him with his hand while the glory passes by because it will kill him. Um, uh, so, yeah, I don't know. And in my mind, I wouldn't be going, whoa, look, gold, whoa. You know, like I would probably be in such awe and such fear and trembling as well in a good way that I would probably just be on my face bawling. Um, instead of grabbing my phone and taking, um, you know, video of it. However, that's me. Not everybody else is that way. My other thing would be if it in fact is gold, um, whether in a cloud and swirling around the room or just manifesting off of people, because I've seen videos of, the, of that where it's just flaking off. I mean, people are just like completely covered in gold, like, Again, why not get it verified and see if it's gold? Because there's way more than one ounce in some of these videos I have seen. And you know how much gold is going for an ounce today? Over $1,300. So gold and gems and all that stuff, um, I would be getting it verified and selling it. That's what I would do. So I don't know why people don't. Now, as far as the angel the feathers thing um i don't buy it the reason why i don't is the most common image of an angel for us as humans is a human being with wings and that's not really biblical because the bible often presents angels as just appearing as human beings but it it doesn't it doesn't indicate that angels in their their essence resemble a human. That's just how the uh, the the writers of of these accounts could put it. But um, it's only r rare that an angel has wings. There are two types of angels in the Bible that have wings, and that's the cherubim and the seraphim. And those are so those are two types of angels. And the way the, those are mentioned in Exodus and um, Ezekiel and Isaiah, and they're usually in, um, um, you know, I know the seraphim are around God, and um, the cherubim are not like these fat baby, <laughs> baby uh, angels, fat little chubby things with, with wings hovering around. Um, it's not like that at all. Not like the paintings or anything like that. So um, those are two that's usually um, has to do with the presence of God. So someone would argue, well, maybe that's those two that show up and drop their feathers. But um, just because they have wings doesn't mean they have um, feathers. They could have, you could read the accounts of these things that clearly the authors are having a hard time um, accurately describing what they are seeing. But if you read Hebrews, it says that angels are spirit beings, and we know that God is spirit. So if they are spirit beings, 
um, they can't really manifest into flesh and bone like Jesus um, has. I mean, Jesus stayed that way, yes, but we don't know um, if that's the way angels are really per se. And if they did, um, if they if 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 they do have feathers, if they're these supernatural beings, why do they have to lose their feathers? Why are they falling off? You know what I mean? There's no need for them to fall off and have to regenerate new feathers like a bird or any other type of fowl, animal um, in, um, in our world. Um, so a spirit being doesn't need wings to fly. Um, they're not bound by our physical realm at all or the laws there, you know. So, yeah, some may have wings, but we shouldn't limit to what um what angels can or cannot do based on that on our limit our limited understanding and uh basically what i what i come to is that we are wanting physical material (coughs) excuse me proof of these things in our world when they're from the spiritual realm not the physical realm. Um, so when we see these things, oh, well, that's what it was. So don't question it. So I do question it, though, because what's the reason? What's the point um, of all that? And why is it happened just here and there and not other places? And, and yeah, people have their arguments about, you know, anointing or whatever, um, which John clearly states that it's the Holy Spirit that's the anointing and so we're all anointed um, so each one of us are anointed is there d- different levels you know we could debate that stuff all day but that's not what this one this one's about so um, I just don't see <laughs> angels flying around dropping feathers that just seems weird it just doesn't seem likely to me Um and why is just one feather or a couple feathers just appear, you know, um, and you don't see them at all, right? So the, the, the one drops off and physically manifests or, so we can see it in our realm. It just doesn't make sense to me. So that one I just think is ludicrous. Um, I, I do. I'm sorry. I know it's, it's <laughs> I know that I know it's big with um, a bunch of places, actually, in a particular um, at Will Bill Johnson from Bethel, Reading. And it, there's no biblical uh, evidence to talk about uh, angels manifesting physically. Um, a lot of people that have visions or are known as seers have seen angels. Um, and we see, and I said we because I've seen angels on a couple of, uh, a couple of times. Um, I do have um, actually a video too that the video picked up the actual orb as it was flying around the living room and went zip past my my son as he was learning how to walk and i went frame by frame slowed it down zoomed in on it and you can see a face um hair mustache beard and uh it's weird it's crazy um totally gave me 
shivers when it happened because I'm I'm watching the video camera as my my son was learning how to walk. I'm like, come on, buddy, come on, and I see it in the camera, and I'm like, whoa, what? You know, I've had a couple other experiences like that as well. So I do not deny the existence of angels, obviously, nor do I deny the existence um, um, of the demonic. I've seen that too. Um, but none have ever left a feather or anything else <laughs> in my midst. Um, so, um, you know, I, I just, that's how I feel on that part. So that's about it for that <laughs> all right so that's not really a, a, a full-on response, but it's just how I feel. Um, I told the person to go talk to somebody else about that. <laughs> the other question was the right materials and tools to have in your um, arsenal, so to speak, to understand the Bible more correctly, to interpret it better, and to know historically what is going on. To that, I would say a lot of time reading, a lot of time spent researching, a lot of time listening to podcasts or lectures or whatever. So, um, as far as the Bible itself, first off, I would suggest um, getting a good Bible, um, a good translation, ESV or New American Standard. That's what I prefer. They're the most accurate. Um, Young's literal translation as well for a backup on that. Of course, really today you don't have to go and buy a bunch of physical copies. I prefer physical, but um, of course with our Bible apps, um, U version is not the best, but um, Blue, Blue Letter Bible is a web page. They also have an app that I like a lot, that you can have um, a, a numerous amount of translations and you can run them side by side. You can also look up the interlinear versions. Um, so you they give you a couple, they give you like uh, Thayer's and Strong's concordance as well for the Hebrew and the Greek. And so I would suggest downloading those and getting on, on that. And then... Uh, let me see here. You know, um, an exhaustive concordance is good to have. When it comes to the Old Testament, I like the Septuagint version, the uh, one that would have been around in the first century that Jesus and uh, the disciples slash apostles used while writing the, the, the New Testament because that's what they're quoting. So sometimes it doesn't match up with the translation that we have in the Old Testament that we have. Um, what else here? <laughs> Bunch of us. I'm just doing this on the cuff. Um, you can get into dictionaries and all that stuff too. Definitely Hebrew and Greek is a big thing to be able to look up, um, and know how to look it up. Um, and know when it's being used and when it's not like in, in Sozo, for example, 
um, I've had this conversation recently because it was um, a part of something we're doing in our church where this guy said, you know, sozo means salvation, but it also means healing. So it means physical healing too, but it doesn't, it doesn't always mean that though when it's being used. So um, Greek words and Hebrew words often have multiple definitions, but they have multiple uses and it depends on if it's being used like as a as a verb or an imperative or like the imperative on the indicative and so you need to know a little bit about english and how words work and how writing works and all that too so thank god for <laughs> interlinears uh interlinear bibles and that will point out this is yes this word is sozo is being used but this is how it's being used in this context because it's not always referring to the same thing yet some sometimes they are so it's it's confusing um if w the first thing i would do and that was helpful helpful for me is to first really just let the bible interpret the bible so you look for cross references when you're coming across something that you know like you know Ma matthew 24 the um, the olivet discourse um well that's in the other that's in two two more of the gospels it's in mark and it's in luke it's in mark 13 and luke 21 and they they both give you di different um different wordings different different ways that it was presented so there's there's more information that jesus said so in matthew 24 he talks about when you see the um abomination of desolation and everyone's always like what is what's that well you, all you got to do is look at the other and mark 13 luke 21 and we're it mentions that too but it's also mentioning the roman armies coming and surrounding this the city of jerusalem so you start to put you know one and one together and you start to have a clear understanding um if you don't have parallel accounts like that well not so much parallel but if you don't have more than one account of something um you have to that's when a good bible comes into play if it notes the cross references or if it notes what else to look at where else in the bible to to look at these things and then you go back and you look at those texts too and in order to help you understand the text that you're you've come across that you're trying to understand and um Th that helps you with figures of speech and phrases and things like that too um by just knowing the bible the, the bible interprets itself um the book of revelation for example is the most old testament book in the new testament that is john is using all the sim symbols in the apocalyptic language that you're going to find in the more um, apocalyptic books of the old testament uh you're he he's clearly writing um inspired 
by that symbolism and that type of literature that he would have been familiar with and if not even had memorized and so he's using that for his grid to write this uh, book so most of the things mentioned in revelation the types of symbols and beasts and all that stuff you can find that in the old testament and if you know what they're talking about you it's going to you help you understand what he's talking about so you know beasts and and babylon and all that he's clearly using all of this language to talk about this destruction and this uh, judgment that is coming on jerusalem and it, it's it's the opposite than what it was in the old testament because it was babylon was going to be destroyed but you know and then but then he uses babylon too so it, it's <laughs> it, it can be a little bit like a you know it, stuff crosses and zigzags back and forth but it shouldn't be overwhelmingly complicated if you just take your time and read it may sound complicated because i'm not reading notes or anything like that i'm just talking off the top of my head so um <laughs> i'm sorry i'm just doing my best to uh, make a make an extra episode for you guys and uh i needed a break from video games because my son is totally in the video games now but he doesn't know when to take a break so that should help there but always know that the bible interprets itself it can and if you can't find it you just have to slow down you take your time step maybe step away for a while too and the other thing to do is to remember that everything was written in one setting it wasn't divided in chapters i've mentioned that before it wasn't divided with um you know verses as well we you really should get in the habit of reading a book from start to finish and and start to see what, how it's laid out and what's being um, addressed and how it's being addressed and and all that. So, um, but you can you can do that even just with the chapters. Sometimes you, if a chapter starts with therefore, uh, there's a saying. You know, if you see the word therefore, find out why what it's there for. Um, so if it if a chapter starts with therefore, go back a little bit to the previous chapter. And start reading there and then read into that that next chapter um but reading a whole chapter at least in its whole is should give you an overall um understanding of what the context is with those those texts that are within that within that chapter besides that if you are familiar with the bible then then that's good if you're not, um, I mean, you can always try to read it chronologically. You can always try to read it through within a year. Or you could get, there's a good book called 30 Days to Understanding the Bible. And it's by Max Anders. And it goes through, I'll uh, get it right here. I'll just look at it. We did this in school. It's going to give you a very loosely based um, overview and so it's got the structure of the bible the geography of the old testament and then it goes through historical books and then then it starts from the beginning creation era patriarch era exodus era conquest era judges so on and then it will get into the ge geography and structure of the new testament then the gospel era the church era missions epistles 
And then it even goes through the 10 uh, doctrines of the Bible. So it has, there's a doctrine on the Bible of God, of Jesus, Holy Spirit, angels, man, uh, sin, salvation, the church, and you know a future things but if you know me you know how i feel about that but <laughs> but um and then it's got you know the story of the bible the arc of the bible history and that's how it goes and it's it's like a workbook too you actually fill it in and it works in um repetition so it drills things into your mind so it will pick an era and a figure and a location so like story of the Old Testament, first era is creation. The figure there to remember is Adam. The location is Eden, right? And then it gives you a sentence. Adam is created by God, but he sins and destroys God's original plan for man. So it's very basic, um, very beginners, but it does help you to go go through it. And you could just do it, you know, within in 30 days, like it said, you could map that out <laughs> on your calendar or whatever. So... There's that. I would suggest that. And then I would suggest getting an Old Testament and New Testament survey, which are workbooks too, and you could go through those. Um, a good one, I you know, I, I don't have a suggestion on that. I have got the ones that we went through um, in school, but there's several, several to, to, uh, to pick from. Um, so... One I have is step by step through the Old Testament and step by step through the New Testament, and it was by Lifeway, <laughs> Lifeway Church or bookstores or whatever. So, um, again, it's a good, nice overview, more in depth than the thirty days um, workbook too. So you uh, fill it out as you go, and it helps you to understand that better and just get it into your mind. Um, so historical context though well that 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 comes in knowing geography and things like that the best way to go about that is you can read some second temple literature just do a search for that i would suggest early church fathers and figures um Irenaeus, eusebius um, the complete works of Josephus to get a better understanding of what's going on. Um, they do dive into a lot of a lot of things, and um, there's also all the other books of the Bible that aren't in our Bible, <laughs> which some are just no good at all. Um, if you're going to do that, I would suggest with the Old Testament to uh, um, look up the Orthodox uh, Christian Old Old Testament, the the Orthodox Church Old Testament version. There's some few books. There's some books that are, are the same that we have in our standard Bible, but they have different names. Like kings, first kings, you know, it's it's called kingdoms. Um, but they, this is the Maccabees and stuff like that is in there too. Um, and then there's also the Apocrypha, which I believe is still in Catholic Bibles. But that was um, um, between Old Testament and New Testament. 
and mostly some of it's apocalyptic. So I, I would suggest reading those, but I wouldn't put much stock into them, but it gives you a better framing for understanding more stuff that's going on in the Bible. And I wouldn't get too much into any first century like um, uh, books that have been been left out because most of those have just really totally been rejected as fake and false. And they weren't actually written in the first century. They've been dated more third, fourth and fifth. So, though, I mean, there's ones about, you know, Jesus as a as a baby and as a kid. Uh, <laughs> Mary's just passing him around as a baby and healing people and stuff like that. So it's a little funny. It's a little humorous, but at the same time, it's it's been rejected. Um, So I wouldn't go too deep into that stuff. Um, All you really need is a basic understanding, just a little bit of some historical stuff. There could be some good books out there, too. Um, I'm not quite sure. Um, But that stuff is helpful. uh, Josephus and and um, as far as you know, rabbinical writings and stuff like that, that helps you understand a little bit more of the of the the backdrop, I guess, if you will. That's what I would suggest on that, and I would um, check out good commentaries too. Anything before the year eighteen fifty. Um, anything after that, not so good. There may be good ones now, um, like that are being written now that or have been written from, um, you know, I don't know, the 1990s or 2000s, uh, something like that. But anything from like 1830, 1850 on is, will be heavily, um, influenced by dispensational, um, ism if not completely just dispensational. Um, You know, John Darby Nelson, the Ryrie Study Bible, or um, um, uh, Schofield Study Bible, stuff like that. Eh, I would stay away from that because that will give you a filter that will need to be removed (laughs) at some point. Um, So other than that... I think that should help, but I would I would suggest maybe even listening to some lectures if you're into that stuff. Robert Stein has some lectures. And let me see. I've got that all bookmarked actually right here on my phone. Um biblical yeah biblicaltraining.org there's going to have some lectures and stuff on there that's good that teaches the um, beginners uh, to biblical hermeneutics which is interpretation so uh, Robert Stein also has a book a basic guide to interpreting the Bible however it's a very hard read I didn't like it so I listened to the lectures which was a lot more helpful than reading the book and um but like i said blue blue letter bible is really good um bible hub is really good for commentaries and stuff like that um and then when it comes to figures of speech and idioms 
there's not a complete guide to that. You just have to sort of look, look that up, look for a list, um, you know, biblical idioms, biblical figures of speech, and some are generic and some are more philosophical and some just aren't right. So what you have to do is take their information and put that up against the scriptures that they're giving and see if it matches up or not. But some are more thorough than others. Off the top of my head, I can't give you a list. I've actually been trying to look for a good book on that stuff, but I can't find one. So um, that's, you know, that's about it. <laughs> for me, it's hard to really tell people how to sort of study um, or to have a better understanding of that just because um, it just sort of do it. You know, you look it up. You gotta have some framework on just going like, yeah, this seems like not right to me. Like when you, because anybody can write articles, anybody can make podcasts, right? <laughs> so you have to, you know, know where they're, who it is, where they're coming from, what's their their belief, you know, what is their theology, and um, and weed it out really. So um, I. You know, there's some guys like John Noe, who's good um, for eschatology. Uh, Derek Morphew, he's from the Vineyard. He is a, a theologian out of the Vineyard. He's good. He has a the, uh, theology series books, and he has a book called Breakthrough, which is good. Um, Gary DeMar is good as far as eschatology goes, but other than that, he's more of a, um, a, a theonomist and don't agree with that stuff. So you just sort of gotta, you gotta know what your foundation is, which hopefully is, is Jesus and the apostles writings to start off, but you're going to have to understand your filters and how to, um, get past those. And that could be, a bit of everything it could be dispensation especially since we're americans it could be some there could be some calvinism in there there could and then most of us are going to have arminianism in there too and so the challenge with that is understanding what those are and then putting it up against the word of god and then figuring it out but a lot of that's not going to do with historical context so a good archaeological study bible comes in handy and like I said, um, teachings from, from rabbis and from the temple, from the second temple and stuff like that. Of course, a lot of those can be found online. Those are all, you know, public domain stuff now. So they're free to download. So anyway, that is my response for uh, that one there too. So, um, I hope that helps. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it will, I hope it does, but if not, um, sorry, sorry, I wasted your time. And, uh, if you have more questions that I can be more, more, uh, thorough with or, uh, get straight to the point, just send those to me or, and, uh, I would encourage you to engage, um, in conversation on the Facebook page or through email. And, uh, I, like I said, I hope that, hope that helps. So there you are, a little uh, Q&R 
from the Kingdom Project Podcast. Check us out on Facebook, subscribe, leave a review, and until next time, be a mustard seed. Be 11. Thank you.